Welcome to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. Welcome to another episode of the Bean Ninjas podcast, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Powers, and on this episode, I am joined again by my co-host, Meryl Johnston from Bean Ninjas. She's the CEO and co-founder of Bean Ninjas, and we're talking today about startup accounting, the advice that no one's giving entrepreneurs and startup companies. So it's a really fascinating episode. We talk about everything from what exactly is the difference between bookkeeping and accounting, things you need to have in place from day one as a startup company, uh, which items you can wait and bring on board later on after you've earned some revenue. And we even go into some information about hiring and software tools. So this is actually a two-part series. We're going to cover one part this week. We'll be right back again next week to cover part two. And I definitely want you to pay attention all the way up until the very end of episode two. If you are part of our Bean Ninjas super fans community, some of you sent or a lot of you sent some really good questions. We get to as many of those questions as we can at the very end of episode two. So stay tuned for the next two weeks and we'll get right into it. Back again for another episode. Hi, Meryl. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Although I'm a little bit tired this morning. I've just flown in from Carasa, which is on a mining town on the other side of Australia. I got in at midnight last night, so up again early this morning for the podcast. Yes, very early. And for anyone that hasn't listened to the uh, podcast before this episode, Meryl is actually based in Australia and you're on the Gold Coast, right? Yes. And I am on the East Coast in the US. So um, you're always up very early, sacrificing your surf time to join me um, for the podcast. So, and you got in late last night. Now, if I remember correctly, you were traveling for a speaking event that we mentioned briefly. How did it go? Tell me about it. Yeah, it went really well. It was quite interesting. Carasa is a small town in in the Pilbara, but there's a lot of industry in that area related to resources and the topic that I was presenting on was building a global business and I was trying to challenge the the audience and the participants in the business boot camp that building a global business might not be as difficult as they thought and if they could find a way find a way to mitigate their risks they could test the market and I was trying to bring some lean startup methodology into that around how could they test there's an element of their service or product with a different market and then went into a number of the different lessons that I've learned in building Beaninjas into different markets and how I tested things and also about finding sales channels overseas and building a cloud stack so that you could run a, a distributed team. And yeah, I got some great feedback afterwards. So I was really happy with how it went. That sounds so fascinating. I'd love to cover some. I know a lot of the things that you talked about kind of with your experience and building Bean Ninjas are things that we, some of them we've talked about already on the podcast, but I would love to get the first half of that um, into one of our episodes at some point. We have so much that we want to talk about on the podcast and we have a little bit of time every week, but that really sounds fascinating and I'd love to do an episode on that. Um, now, what happens from there? Do you were is this one of the events where you're actually kind of sourcing some clients, or is it purely just for you to speak on a certain topic? This one, the clients, they're probably 
aren't running online businesses at the moment, so they're not our target market. So that was more just a speaking opportunity where I was invited to travel there and speak at this event and I'm trying to build my speaking skills. Yeah. And it was it was a great opportunity actually. All of the other speakers were professional speakers, so they're on it on the speaking tour, and this is what they do day in day out. And so it was a bit of an honour to be invited to the event. And I think I also learned a lot watching watching the professionals at work and the way they approach their profession of speaking. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And how many other speakers were there? There were three other keynotes. I was one of the other keynotes, and then they had a panel with three speakers and then the following day they also were running workshops but I actually flew back during when they were running those workshops I was just involved or in delivering my keynote gotcha very cool thank you for sharing a little bit about that with me so now I know how your week was it was kind of a mad dash to the opposite coast and back but sounds like a really interesting uh, conference and opportunity for some speaking there This week, we are actually going to start the first part of a two-part, and if it needs to be three parts, we'll make it three, but I think it'll be a two-part topic, so we'll cover this week, and then next week we'll do part two, and we're going to be talking about startup accounting, and the things that nobody's really talking about, which startup accounting kind of is one of the things, but within that topic, there's stuff that entrepreneurs and first-time CEOs and startup companies aren't really being told. There's not a lot of resources that go into the topic of accounting as a startup company. So I think this is going to be really interesting. I want to get dive right in so that we spend as much time as possible on this topic. Let's start kind of from the very beginning. What is startup accounting and why is it important to someone who's either currently working to launch their own company or is currently running a startup? I think it's important because one of the main purposes of business, even if it is a social enterprise and there's other things you're trying to achieve, is cash flow and profit. And in order to measure the success of something, you want to be able to track it and report on it. And accounting is the way that you measure things like profit and cash flow. And it's important from the beginning to have some kind of system, whether it is in a spreadsheet at the beginning, not accounting software, but to have some kind of system where you can track the progress of your business. So I'm going to kind of play, you know, a very beginner. <laughs> I'm going to role play here and be super beginner entrepreneur who's never really worked in an accounting office, never had to manage anything other than my own personal finances. You know, it sounds to me, and I'm going to be very, very simple with this definition. It sounds to me like in my in my head, startup accounting is just, hey, this investor group gave me a million dollars and now I need to decide how I'm going to spend that million dollars. And I think that is a lot of times kind of this oversimplification is people think, well, I'm just getting started. I don't have that many expenses. I just have this small amount of money that I got in my first round and you know, I just need to spend it and try to grow and everything I make from it, turn around and spend it to make more. How is that the wrong way to start? What's wrong about that? What are they missing? Like, why is that a flawed way to go about it? So if they have got money in the bank account and and they have been lucky enough to do some kind of seed round, then they want to protect that money and, and make sure that they're making the most of that limited runway. And it would be important to track 
what they're, they're spending, but also I think have an idea, a concept of how much run, runway they have and be projecting out what their predicted expenses are so they know how long they can keep on going before they can raise another round. Mm-hmm. A lot of our clients are bootstrap, and so they don't necessarily have the luxury of having money in the bank account at the beginning. And so for them, it's a day-to-day struggle with cash flow, mm-hmm. with earning money from selling their product or service, and then making a decision about how much of that to pay themselves and their team and how much to reinvest back in growth in the business. And it's that is a tricky balancing act at the best of times. And if you don't have good data around that, then it becomes very difficult to make good decisions. And I want to go back a little bit too, because you've shared in previous episodes um, a little bit about how you approached things when you were starting being ninjas. But I think one of the most um, important and interesting things about your work when you were beginning, when you were launching and getting ready to launch Bean Ninjas is kind of you made sure, for one, that your personal accounting was in order and that you had realistic expectations of how you could live while you were beginning a company. And then you managed things within Bean Ninja in a way that even though you were still going to be working two jobs when you first started the company, you know, working at Bean Ninjas and then keeping your clients on the side to kind of keep some money coming in, the way you ran things within Bean Ninjas did help you make the most of that um, runway. Tell me a little bit about how you did it and why it's different from the way most startups do it. I think my – I had a – a gradual transition into running Bean Ninjas and that comes partly back to my personal finances as well as business. And Rob Walling refers to a stair-step approach and he's talking about building software, but I think it can also apply to starting your own business. And my transition was from full-time employee, left my job, and then I worked as a contractor, so doing accounting contracting and then gradually started to grow my consulting business, which pays a lot more than working as a contractor. And I grew the consulting business to the point that I could then stop the contracting work. And then with the consulting business, I gradually scaled that back as I grew Bean Ninjas. But the intention was always to be able to cover my bills. And now I was able to do that by gradually transitioning through these different areas keeping my business and my personal finances separate. So from the beginning, as soon as I was doing the contracting work, I had a separate business bank account and I was able to track what it was costing me to do things like create a website and build the consulting business. And again, with Beaninjas, again, I had a separate business bank account so I could track how Beaninjas was going compared to MCJ Consulting. And that I think that, that first step of separating business and personal finances in bank accounts makes things really simple to then track in a spreadsheet. I, I quickly moved to accounting software, but I think that that is the first step. And then from a personal point of view, I was very conscious about limiting my my outgoings and trying to reduce my living costs. At, at the very beginning, I used to – I had a spare room in the house that I was living in, so I would do Airbnb, and I, I was really trying to – trying to give myself the best shot and the longest chance mm-hmm. or the longest runway to spend time working on my business and reducing living costs was one way of doing that. And you mentioned that at some point you left spreadsheets and moved into accounting software. 
when is that the right, when is it the right time to make that move? Like how does an entrepreneur know it's time for us to go search for the right software for us to run our accounting through? There's a couple of different elements to making that decision. And I think it comes down to the cost and the benefit. So you can prepare accounts using spreadsheets, but it's a lot more time consuming and you don't have a lot of the automation that's built into accounting software. And there's also a lot more potential for error with spreadsheets. But on the other side of that, accounting software does cost more money. And I think it's important to look at how you value your own time. And if it's taking you a couple of hours to prepare your reports each month and your time's valued at $100 an hour, then the investment in the accounting software, which might only cost $50 or less, it's probably worth spending that money. But if you've, you're tiny, it's at the very beginning and you've only got a few transactions, then it might not make sense yet. So generally I think of it in terms of the cost and the benefit. But something else to consider there is your growth potential. So if you know from day one or, or very early in the business that you're building a business to scale, then if you're scaling your business, you're going to need accounting software and you want to use cloud accounting software like something like Zero. If you know that already, then you might as well just get started and, and use the accounting software from the beginning because it is a setup time and a learning time and it makes more sense to have all of your data in there from the beginning. And I want to talk a little bit about how realistic it is for an entrepreneur or someone that's never worked in accounting to choose an accounting software and really be able to use it effectively and, like you were saying, it not take up so much of their time that it, it no longer seems to be the right way to spend the time, which is also money. Um, but before we talk about whether or not you know there is good software that's easy for an entrepreneur to kind of dive in, learn, keep up with until they're ready to outsource or hire someone, let's talk about the software. I know that Bean Ninjas uh, is specializing in zero accounting software, but there are other options as well. How do they go about even finding the right software once they've realized that now it's time for me to find a software? What's what's the first step? It comes back to what you need the accounting software to do. And if you're just starting a business, then I'd say generally your accounting would be fairly simple. And most of the accounting software for small business, like Zero, QuickBooks, MYOB, they will all do similar things. Then it comes, the, the next question I would ask is around ease of use. So would you find the interface easy to use if you're going to be involved in doing things like invoicing in the software? And then the next question is where do you see your business in a couple of years? And by thinking about what your business might look like, it can also help to predict what some of your accounting needs may be in the future. And that's where I think people can go wrong with using a tool like FreshBooks because FreshBooks is great when you're first starting out, but it's not true accounting software. It's really an invoicing tool with some extra functionality. And if you're going to take the time to learn to use a tool like FreshBooks and, and you know that your business is scaling, then in a couple of years' time, then you're going to need to switch to proper accounting software. And I would question whether you'd just be better off using something like zero from the beginning whereas if you know that you're going to stay a freelancer and you're not really intending to scale your business and you're not going to need to prepare true financial reports for anyone else then you could probably get away with fresh books so that comes back to the use case so, if you're already in a step mm -hmm. if you're already an established business and you have 
different accounting processes like invoicing and paying bills, payroll, and you're not happy with your accounting software, then I would actually go through the use case of what you need the software to do and look at your sales process and how you send invoices, do you quote, do you want to have automated data follow-ups and actually map out what you want the software to do and then go back and look at the requirements or the the specifications for the different software and, and see if they actually can do it. And once a company is at a point where they need an accounting software, and like you were saying, a lot of people or some people maybe are using a a robust invoicing tool and they think that they're using an accounting software and they're really not. What does a true accounting software do for a young company that invoice software doesn't do? One of the things would be having a balance sheet. And this is going into accounting theory, but accounting theory is it's based on double entry accounting, which means that there's always two sides to every transaction. So if you buy a piece of equipment or a new laptop, there's money that's gone out of your bank account. And the other side of that is that you've purchased an asset and assets sit on the balance sheet report, whereas income and expenses. So if you invoice someone that's revenue and that is on the income statement or profit and loss. And if you pay for something like a software subscription, then it's an expense that's on the profit and loss. And some of the invoicing tools don't have the balance sheet side of the report, so they're not really showing the full picture. And that that picture is really important. When I'm reviewing a set of accounts, the balance sheet is where most of the errors sit. And if you can't look at that report, then you, you might be missing out on key information. So really, we're talking about the difference between tracking just what you're spending and tracking every single dime that comes in and goes out. Correct. And there are more advanced types of accounting. And when when you're first starting out, most businesses are probably using cash accounting, which is tracking what goes in and out of the bank account. But most big business use accrual accounting. And that's a different type of accounting, which is based on when transactions are happening and it's less about money going in of the bank account. For example, you might have an electricity bill that is charged for a period of three months, but you get charged after the fact. And in big business, they would have an expense every month. They would be accruing for that expense and they would be tracking that, knowing that that invoice is coming in down the track whereas the small business wouldn't be doing that, so they wouldn't have that electricity expense on their profit and loss statement each month, and only when the bill came in would they have the big hit where they pay that three-month bill once off. And so tools like FreshBooks don't have the ability to do that kind of accounting. So a pretty big gap there in in terms of what they're not giving you that you really need to have. I want to talk a little bit about I want, if you can give me sort of a top five or top three list and let's kind of go through them in detail of for, for entrepreneurs and startups or startups specifically. So an entrepreneur has started his company, uh, his or her company, and what are the top sort of three to five accounting processes that they need to go ahead and put in place from day one, whether they're working on a spreadsheet or they've gone ahead and sprung for some sort of software What is it that they need to know and what can we share with them today that most startup podcasts are not talking about? I'd say the the first one that I'd mention is the 
business bank accounts. So having everything separate. The next would be moving to accounting software as soon as they can. I, I did say that you can do it in a spreadsheet and you can for a little while, but you really want to be moving away from that and using accounting software that links with bank accounts that has bank feeds. That is a whole other level of automation. And 10 years ago, we needed to enter all of the data into the accounting software. And now with bank feeds and daily updates together with all of the apps that link in with accounting software, with the cloud accounting software, there's a lot more automation. And then also some kind of cash flow forecast. And that can be rough, but you really want to be projecting out what, what you think your cash inflow and what your expenditure will be. And I think that often comes a number of years down the track before before any entrepreneur will have a look at that. And cash flow is so important to managing the business. Is there how how can a CEO of a young new startup, so let's say maybe they've been in business for a year or maybe it's six or eight months, how how can they know besides just okay, I'm spending two hours a month or I started spending, you know, I started out spending two hours a month and now I'm up to 10 hours a month. What are other indications that it's time for them to start thinking about either outsourcing their accounting or hiring an accountant or bookkeeper? There's a number of reasons. One would be, are they confident in the numbers that they're looking at? So they might be trying to make a decision about something like runway or whether to invest money in upgrading a different software to a different software platform and an element of that decision is going to be based on data and are they confident in their data and and many times CEOs aren't and so that is a, a key reason that if they had a professional bookkeeper looking after their figures or worked with an accountant they would have more confidence in their numbers. Time is another factor which you talked about. Another is more complex reporting and this is a question we get from time to time. They're wanting to track something like job profitability or track the profitability of particular customers or wanting to change a reporting lay layout and look at different ratios, marketing spend as a percentage of revenue. And they're not sure, first of all, how to make the customizations in Zero or the other accounting software to actually present that information, but then they're also not sure that all of the transactions are being allocated appropriately to give the right information. Another reason is just having another set of eyes. In our last episode or one of our previous episodes, we talked about internal controls and preventing fraud. And I think having an external bookkeeper involved as well as someone internally in your business can also give some additional peace of mind that there's a couple of different people involved in this process, which really reduces the risk. Thank you everyone for joining us on this week's episode of the Bean Ninjas podcast. Do not worry. We are not done with this topic. We're going to be right back again next week with part two of startup accounting, what nobody is telling startup companies and entrepreneurs. So don't forget to follow Bean Ninjas on Twitter at Bean Ninjas. If you have questions that you would like for us to cover in future episodes, 
We would love to hear your questions. We get a lot of questions from various community forums. Feel free to submit yours on Twitter at Bean Ninjas. Don't forget also to check out the Bean Ninjas blog at BeanNinjas.com forward slash blog. And check the show notes for links to all of the different software applications and blogs that we mentioned or that are relevant to today's topic. Thank you again, everyone. And we look forward to having you right back here next week on the Bean Ninjas podcast. Thank you.